A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, England legend Stuart Pearce joined myself and Simon after Arsenal were held by Liverpool at Anfield yesterday afternoon. But it wasn't the football that had everyone talking. And it's a very happy Easter Monday to everybody listening. Mr. Stuart Pearce with us on Friday, with us on Monday, and that's how we like it. Good morning, Stuart. Morning to you. What a weekend, eh? What a weekend of football. What a weekend, and what a weekend of paddle tennis. This man to my right played uh, the old sport of paddle tennis, which you indulged in in Qatar. Did you win? I did. I'm walking around a bit like Boris Karloff out of The Mummy at the moment in time because I decided that I needed to hit some balls. I played twice. I played Saturday morning with a couple of pros over in Roehampton in, in advance of this tournament I'm playing on Wednesday. And then I took it upon myself to play again with our mate Paul McGrath. Okay. I have to say, Nasser Al-Khalafi, your boys took a hell of a beating on Saturday. Really? I did. I promised I wouldn't mention anything about it, but you know, the scorpion and the frog, you can't help what you are. Of course. It was a terrible time for Paul and his mates. Really? So yeah. you won and you won Myself well. and my partner, Ollie, gave them a terrible beating. Well done. Yeah. You know, the fact that I ended up playing with the bat held between my toes at the end <laughs> might have told you the competition I was facing. Mm. Excellent. To be fair, I've known him walking around like Boris Johnson, but not Boris Carlos. Well, you know said, what I, mean, sure. so, I like yeah. that. I like that. Mr. Pierce, uh, did you go and see Big Country? Did you go to the gigs at the yep, weekend? Yep, Spear of Destiny and Big Country. My wife dropped me off at the door for Spear of Destiny. I, didn't, I thought it might be a bit heavy for her, so she went for a cocktail at the local hotel. I give her a <laughs> ring when Big Country are on stage. She popped round the corner. Everyone's a winner. I <laughs> love it. You've got it made, haven't you? So we, uh, Easter Monday morning, it's a bit murky here in London. I hope it's decent weather wherever you're listening all around the UK. I fear that it's not. Anyway, so stick with us all the way through until one. We're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. So if you want to watch the show, you can head over to the official TalkSport channel on those platforms. Wall-to-wall football for me, Simon, over the weekend. Yeah. It yeah. was something else. A breathless encounter at Anfield. So much to talk about in this one. Um, but the big question is, in terms of the title race, has has that is, is it a point gained for Arsenal or is it two points dropped? That was put to Arteta post-match. When you consider at the end, always drop two points because you have it and you are suffering, but you are relying on a moment that the feeling is, ah, we should have done it. 
But being fair to ourselves, they had four big chances that they could have scored and they missed the penalty. And, and we had to look ourselves in the mirror and, uh, and, and we should have done much better in the second half. Sure. Yeah, Arsenal, in your eyes, favourites for the title. Are they still favourites for the title? Yes, I would say so. I think there's been a slight swing towards Manchester City and a lot of people would make Manchester City favourites full stop. I think Arsenal's big game is, is going to be, yes, I understand the Man City game, Newcastle away. I think that is going to be a monstrous game for Arsenal. Um, but with uh, City being involved in Champions League and being involved in the FA Cup, by the time uh, the Man City-Arsenal game comes about, Arsenal could extend that points gap. Yeah. And that could be very interesting. It puts more and more pressure on City. You look at City, though, Simon, eight wins on the spin now, yeah. 31 goals scored, three conceded. I mean, are they cranking up a notch just when they need to? Well, they're doing what Manchester City do, which is get into a groove and then turn the screw. And when you're beating Team 7 in the Champions League, you're beating Burnley coming out of the, of the, cha- uh, the Championship 6-0 in an FA Cup game, you're beating Liverpool 4, you're beating Southampton 4. I don't think a Manchester City side that were 2 up against Liverpool, irrespective of the Anfield effect, would have lost that, would have not continued to win that game and, and held on the way Arsenal did. I've always maintained that it goes to the Etihad. Uh, and on that game, if, if Arsenal come away with anything other than a defeat, I think they'll win the league. But I think the groove that City are in, I think they'll 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 win their game in hand, um, which is Brighton. It's a tough game for them, but they'll win it in hand. And if they go to uh, the Etihad and they beat Arsenal, they'll be top of the league. And once Man City hit the top of the league, that's it. Then I don't think they tend to look back. They won't be moved. Mm-hmm. Sure, I know you're a big Jordan Pickford fan. Uh, have you become a big Aaron Ramsdale fan? Well, he pulled off some wonderful saves, oh, I've got to say. And, and that point, I, I personally think it's a really good point for Arsenal, personally. When it went to 2-2, I thought, you know what, take the point, um, move on from there and tell your squad what a brilliant point it was. First half, they absolutely dominated Liverpool. I think Xhaka got involved in stupidity, which stoked up Liverpool, which he shouldn't have done. Uh, and from then on, Liverpool come into it. And listen, they got, they've got they got a good record at home, Liverpool. I think it's a brilliant point. Yeah. Me. You've played there and you've managed there at Anfield. Yesterday, Neville and Keane were going on about it. What is it about this place? I mean, does it exist, this mystique around Anfield? Um, they've got good home support, end of. And I think they've got good home support through thick and thin. And what I say by that, Salah missed a penalty and they sung his name straight afterwards. That's quite powerful, you know. Yes, yeah. And Clough always said to you at Liverpool, don't buy into what they're trying to do to you. No, no, and don't drink the tea. They put something in it. <laughs> so what did we witness at halftime? Um, did we really witness a linesman, Constantine Hadzidakis, a fellow who I've met, actually? Did we witness him elbow Andy Robertson? So what are the PGMOL going to do about this in the FA can they afford for double standard, Stuart, after going in hard on Mitrovic with an eight-game suspension? Now, you have a strong view in this, and I want you to air it for us, as honestly as you did out there. <clears throat> this is our look at it. There's two ways of viewing this incident. You could hang him out to dry and say, well, we're going to compare that incident with Mitrovic or another incident where a referee's been pushed. We're going to compare it and hang you out to dry. For me, what message does that send out to footballers? It means they're indispensable and we're not, I think. Um, and the other side of that is a player's made his way over to the to the linesman at half-time to 
instigate a situation, I think. You've got to bear in mind what's happened for the 45 minutes before because Robertson is playing right next to the linesman. Okay. So, is that line on Robertson's side? Yes. yes. That's what I was going to ask. So yeah. he's made a beeline yeah. for him because yeah. of certain incidents or, or decisions that he wasn't happy with. I don't know what Andy Robertson said to the official. What I would say as well, I'd look at it like this. If you're ever thinking about hanging him out to dry and ruining his career, okay, if the powers that be... Think about this then. If that incident happened between two players on a football pitch, would there be a sending off and a red card there? I think not. Unless Robertson threw himself to the ground and, and play acted and the referee didn't see it. I don't think it's a sending off offence if it was two players on a pitch. So why should you treat a linesman? I think it's a perfect opportunity to start backing the officials in regard to this game. So just to be clear, you don't think the linesman, the match official here in this instance... You don't think he should be punished at all? No. No, I don't. I think you should have a word with him about his contact, conduct and say, look, in the game that we're in at this moment in time, we need to be whiter than white as, as a group of officials, blah, blah, blah. But if we're going to gain some respect from the players and people are going to back us, I'm not sure it's the right thing to do, Jim, to say, right, I'm going to give you a 10-game ban or... or I, I've heard people on the radio on my way in today mm. suggesting that is what the punishment should be for yeah, a linesman. Yeah. I think it's disgraceful well, to do that. One of, one of those was uh, an ex-referee. Exactly. Which I didn't think was particularly commendable. No. But notwithstanding that, as an official, you've got to be beyond reproach. You can't put yourself in the way of this conversation. Andy Robertson should should be asked, why in God's name, why is it creeping back into the game? Why are players beginning to think they can surround referees again? Why are players beginning to think they can question officials? I thought the captain's job was to do that. Why are we seeing this rise of players putting themselves in the way of either putting their hands on an official or getting in their faces? Have we seen with Fernandes and Mitrovic? Don't get into the territory of conflating two issues between what happened with Mitrovic and what happened with this official. But make no mistake, this official needs to be consequenced. Because he can't... I mean, to me, it looked like he raises on get-out-of-the-way sort of thing and the elbow gets in the way of it and the angle that we see it at. But when you're in a position of authority and you're, and, you're, and you're supposed to exude authority, you have to be beyond reproach. You cannot say that to, to sanction... that not sanction the linesman or the official would be a shot in the arm for refereeing and a shot in the arm for the value of it. You have to hold people to certain standards. Now, I don't suspect or suggest that anyone should be even beginning to talk about the notion of an eight-game ban, but I do think this man needs to be consequent because I think he's made a judgment of error. So Pressure. To what extent consequence? I don't know the rule book. I don't know the playbook. I don't know what the PGML gift is in terms of what they can and can't do. There's a gift and a menu of punishments for players that behave in a way on a pitch, right? So that's clear. The FA can take, make their decision. They can look at their rule book and the independent commission can then adjudicate on that basis. If there's, There must be an alternate view from the way the official behave and we don't know what that that list is in terms of of, um, of, 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 of of punishments that can be meted out but I do feel I understand Stuart's argument I am, I'm as strong as he is but the officials are the architects of their own downfall with players respect you want people to respect you then you exude authority you command authority respect you demand respect you're consistent in what you do and you tolerate no nonsense and players know where they stand too many times officials on the pitch want to abdicate responsibility and take the popular decision rather than the decision that needs to be made but Simon is there a chat I mean Robertson's in his face he's going over to the other the officials so the three of them walk off last that's yeah. what happens as we know in a match is it not a, a case in uh, Constantine's a big old unit Andy's a little fella that Constantine lifts 
his well, arm like that, and it looks well, like well, you can, his, can, his elbow in the chin. I understand what looks, which is the beyond reproach bit. There's an old saying in, in life and business, you know, event plus reaction equals outcome, right? So how you react to something gives you an outcome. He can control his reaction to that, the, the official. He can decide whether he wants to engage with it. The question also has to be asked is what business does Andy Robertson... And I liked Roy King's reaction. I know he played to the cameras at the end of it, keeping on calling him a baby when they started to analyse it. But at the time, I'm of this camp. All of a sudden, Robertson wasn't picked the other day off the bench. He's the one in front of the cameras telling the world what our, uh, Liverpool's problems are in terms of they don't seem to have the ability to be able to win a game when two teams are playing against one another, neither wanting to win. You got He's a great player. I like him a lot. But yeah. you just got a little bit too much of so it at the sure, moment. After what Simon's saying there, and I've listened to every word, do the PGMOL, are they not absolutely, absolutely you know it would be the wrong move not to consequence them I get what you're saying but is the pressure not on them that they've got to do something of course the outside pressure it's always the outside pressure give him a free game ban then and also give Robertson a free game ban Oh, I think, and say, if I anyone think comes, should be consequence as well. If anyone Absolutely. comes up to the officials at half-time, bar the captain of, of the individual teams, that's what's going to happen. Send that message out. So if you're going to dish it out to the, the, the assistant referee, dish it out to Andy as well? There will be a case for and it. And what, the punishment's got to be the same? If you want to back the officials and give them credibility and kudos and them to take the field and go into stadiums knowing full well that the FA... The referees' union are going to back them and going to be on their side, so they'll come out and make solid decisions. As Simon said, they're too scared to make decisions now because they've got no backing behind them. Yeah. I, if I was an official, I'd be scared stiff no, of making. You no, you wouldn't. Well, I probably you'd wouldn't. Go because harder, you'd go harder. I probably would. You would go yeah. harder. You'd Maybe go harder. I would, but. The bottom line is, you're too scared to make real key decisions. I think they feel as though they're working on quicksand. And I find that quite sad. And they're in charge of the game. The officials are yeah. in charge of the game. Tell me what you told me earlier about Kalina, years I, ago. I ref I, we played in Europe, and uh, I questioned Kalina. I went up to him and questioned the decision. And he looked straight back at me, and he screamed in my face, shut up. And you, you're taken aback, and you thought, okay, I'll shut up. You walk away. I didn't go running off and, and saying to my manager, the referee screamed at me. Yeah. You, you, come on now. Right. You respect the referee for so, it. So in this instance, Stuart, you're saying, no, no. You would side with the official. It's about time that support is given to them and no punishment. In an ideal world, no punishment for him. But if he is to be punished, same punishment for him, well, same punishment for Robertson. Well, if we're going to clear the game up, because I saw probably about six or seven incidents in the first half, in that game against Arsenal-Liverpool, which was a brilliant game. The football, yeah. the excitement, everything we want. But I still saw six or seven things where players are going to ground, players feigning injury. Martinelli. Right. Exactly. Mm. All of those type of things disgust me a little bit yeah. more than a linesman shrugging his arm to a player saying, get out of it. Sure, sure. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Well, as regards that incident uh, between the linesman, Constantine Hatsidakis and Andy Robertson, did the lino, and it seems crazy this Monday morning, saying it, elbow Andy Robertson on the chin. The PGMOL is saying they're aware of the incident. Well, we all are. Involving uh, the, the uh, assistant ref and Robertson at halftime during the game. We will review the matter in full once the game is concluded. Well, we're waiting to hear from the PGMOL this morning. Stuart Pierce, who played the game at the highest level, is saying, no, get behind your man, PGMOL, and back 
the assistant referee. Simon's alongside me. So many of you calling in. 03717 James, big Liverpool fan. Good morning. What do you think should happen in this instance? Morning, Jim. Morning, Simon. Morning, Stuart. Morning, morning James. Okay, I've just got a couple of questions. I can't believe that Stuart or Simon has said, let's brush this under the carpet, give them a warning, and then had the audacity to say, we should punish Andrew Robertson for the same punishment as the liner gets just for going up to him at half-time. Uh, what is this agenda? I, I don't understand what it is. Are we, are we going back now to every half-time where a player's gone up to a liner and a referee of one that hasn't been elbowed in the face and we're saying, are we banning you for well, going James, up to the J- James, Stuart will tell you again. Listen to this. Pin your ears back. James, will, uh, Stuart will tell you. Yeah, I don't think... That, it's certainly no agenda with me. What I want, I want to turn my telly on or walk into a stadium and watch a game where the players have got some modicum of respect for the officials and the officials are happy to make decisions and proper decisions on a football pitch and not be scared stiff um, of, of making the popularist decision, let's say. Now, we, we if that incident happened between two players on the football pitch, it's not a red card offence. So I'm not seeing how a linesman can be hung out to dry and what message that sends the modern-day player that says, I tell you what, they'll get a bigger punishment than ever we will for yeah. going up to them I mean, and James, whatever. Should, should Andy even approach the linesman at half-time? Jim, maybe not, but that's besides the point is that it's not like that's the only time that this has happened and we've seen Andrew Robertson go up to a a liner or a referee and gone, oh my God, I can't believe Robbo's going up to the liner. No, what we're seeing is we're seeing Robbo go up to the liner and going, oh my God, what's just happened? A liner's elbowed Robbo to the face. And as far as Roy Keane screaming on Sky saying he's a baby, he should concentrate on his defending and what he's done. I mean, has, has, has Roy Keane forgot what Andrew Robertson's done in his career so far for the left-back? And he's crying, saying he's a baby, concentrates on his football. I think a lot of people are just missing the point. The fact is, is that the liner threw his arm at him, whether he's elbowed him in the face or not. I think that's the point we're making, not the fact of people rolling around on a pitch. And but the allegation on the flip side of that is that, is that Andrew Robertson has grabbed the liner and the liner has pushed back and pushed his elbow against it. I, I mean, to me, it looks like the liner's getting get off me. I understand your point of view, but we have, a, we have a situation where captains are supposed to speak to the officials, not players. Irrespective of what Andrew Robertson's done in the past, and he's been a great player and a great signing, what does that, what's that got to do with his ability to be able to walk up to a linesman and challenge his authority. I don't believe that linesman has just suddenly flung his arm out because he saw Andy Robertson. There probably was some interaction between the two of them where Robertson has, has either grabbed him and pulled him and he's lashed out. I think the linesman needs to be consequenced. You didn't listen to what I said, James. I'm not in the same camp as Stuart. I think officials have to be beyond reproach. But without Andy Robertson walking up to the linesman, we don't have this flashpoint. We don't need it. There's no necessity for it. Come back in as briefly, James, briefly. Yeah, listen, I I understand it is what Simon's saying. The point is what Stuart's saying, I don't really understand. The point of Roy Keane calling him a baby and asking me what's it got to do about it, it's because he he said he needs to concentrate on his football as if 
Robbo's playing crap and let's just concentrate on what you're doing and improve that rather than moan about a referee elbowing you in the face. I think you're sure. That was my point. Yeah, my point, sure. my point is this. If if you consequence the linesman for, for his actions within this, I just think it sends a bad message out. There were certain things in the game, in the first half of the game, where players are going down so cheaply. They're the things that, that frustrate the life out of me, to be honest with you, James. Not so much a referee shrugging off a player at half-time, honestly. James, thanks very much. Jonathan, Manchester United fan watches saying this Jonathan keep it brief what do you want to say good morning yeah very briefly guys very very briefly I don't have a dog in the fight obviously I'm not a great fan of Liverpool but there was an incident yesterday halfway through the game or in the second half where for about 30 seconds Jordan Henderson this is away from the linesman incident Jordan Henderson stood in front of the referee and berated him right in his face and the referee like an absolute muppet stood there and took it I watched Wigan St. Helens on Friday. There is no bigger rivalry in rugby league. It is the United Liverpool of rugby league. Not one person, even the captain, muttered a word to the referee. It's simple. You approach the referee. If the referee calls you over, fine. You approach the referee, open your mouth. It's a yellow. End of story. Jonathan, I think that's right up Stuart's uh, street, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, I watch the same sport as you do. And what worries me is if you sanction the linesman for for his actions at the weekend by a minute basis on a football pitch, I'm trying to wrestle some of the power away from the players and give some of the respect back because I think in the main, most people that sit in a stadium that bring their children to the stadium want to see the players not dive around, not harangue the referee, yeah. not berate the officials, but have some respect to them and just put on a brilliant spectacle of football, which we've got a brilliant profession. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. This incident at Anfield has got 
everybody talking. The match itself was absolutely out of sight. It was magnificent. Ended up 2-2. It could have been any any scoreline at the, the end of it all between Liverpool and Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal left with a point and still very much leads the way. But that incident at halftime is the one that's got everybody talking. So what should happen to the assistant referee who appeared to elbow Andy Robertson at halftime? Appeared, not certain to have, but appeared to elbow Andy Robertson. What should happen? Everyone's having a say in this. Martin Keown, sitting at home this morning, has got in touch. Hi, Jim, listen to you, Stuart and Simon. Everyone must be obedient to the law, and that includes officials too, Stuart. Mm. He's saying uh, uh, no one's above the law, and that also includes the referee and his officials. Yeah, I'll also turn around and say, look, well, why don't you ask Andy Robertson what punishment he wants for the, the linesman and then ask the linesman what punishment he thinks the player should have out. You've got to bear in mind what happened the 45 minutes before that, which only probably the two individuals know as well. So I've seen Andy in recent weeks and I don't want to make it a witch hunt for him because I was, by the way, and ignored what he said to him. Yeah. Now, yeah. come on now. Yeah, yeah, it's taking it too far. Uh, Chris is one of many saying, Stuart Pierce has got it right this morning. Two reasons why the officiating in the last three seasons has declined rapidly. One is VAR, but the other undoubtedly, and the emphasis is on this, is on players cheating. Constant cheating by players to turn refereeing into guesswork for the officials. The players have got to clean up their act and then let the, the officials get on with their job. Simon, you would say, you would go with Martin Keown School of Thought, would you? No one's above the law. If he raises his hands to Robertson, I'm sorry he's got to be punished. Well, I would, I would embrace both sentiments. So it's not a case of me sitting on the fence. I agree with what Martin's saying. I agree with what Stuart's saying. What I am annoyed by is I don't really understand this rhetoric coming out from other referees like Keith Hackett and Mark Halsey that seem to be, rather than supporting their profession, seem to be uh, doing the precise opposite. I, I, I don't want to get into territory defending the indefensible, but there is an, an element of maybe Mark Halsey shouldn't be suggesting that there's an eight-player, there's a consideration for an eight game ban or Keith Hackett shouldn't be alluding to the fact this could be the end of this man's career yeah nonsense. I don't think that's helpful I don't think it's useful yeah. I think refereeing is a is a is a is a much maligned profession and it needs to be valued a little bit more and specifically by those that used to do it I've just watched a documentary about encouraging youngsters to come into refereeing and that type of thing and officiating and work their way up the food chain and the abuse they take on Sunday parks and God knows what else and I'm thinking, I'm not sure if you hung this fella out to dry on this occasion and you're talking about ending his career, you'd think, if I was a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, why would I want to go and do that yeah. job yeah. over a park on I a think Howard Webb is. I mean, Howard Webb is a strong character. And what you're seeing from him is there a very quick motivation to address the subject matter. I know what you've said earlier on in the setup, which is, okay, the game's now finished. You said you were going to give us an adjudication after the game. We're now ready to hear that adjudication. Yeah. And I'm sure we will in yeah. due course. We do have to get the balance between players being able to express themselves and players stepping across the line. It is rich of Roy Keane um, to yeah. talk about <laughs> how other people are behaving when he and his little gang... Uh, were the biggest architects of referee harassment yeah. at one particular yeah, time. Yeah, the Durso incident. You know, for one. so with that in mind, but I, I think, I think, I think Robertson has got too much to say for himself at times. I think Stewart's has given an example of it. I think that ultimately referees have got to be stronger, and I think both of the two parties in this instance have got to be consequences in some way or the other. Uh, you mentioned Keith Hackett, uh, former Premier League uh, referee himself. 
Let's speak to Keith Hackett. Keith, good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us, Keith. We are talking about that incident at halftime at Anfield. So what's your take on it? Well, I think clearly I'm upset by the fact that the match official involved lost his composure. I think it's so important, no matter how these players are approaching a match official, that they don't lose it. And, uh, you know, I've looked at it. I thought initially that he was trying to just move the player away from him. But the arm does move a bit quickly. So I think that the FA and uh, the Premier League have got a PGMOL have got to look at this seriously. And I'll be very surprised if either the player or the, the assistant referee just uh, get away with it. I don't think they can bury it. You know, the problem we've got is we've got referees being asked to take a lighter touch. And in my view, they're failing then to control the players. And the players are getting, if you like, uh, too volatile in their approach on every decision that's made. Uh, we've just got to tighten up. But you don't think the PGMOL should back the assistant referee in this one, do you? Well, I think that first of all, Jim, the, the, the process will be that the FA will investigate it clearly because they are, if you like, the license holders of the match officials. So they, they will go through their disciplinary process once they've actually looked at the evidence to determine if they take it further. Now, if at the end of the day there are consequences for the assistant referee, then it becomes an employment matter. And the PGMOL are the employers and therefore has this guy, if they deem that he's guilty of using his arm illegally, has he in fact committed a gross misconduct? Yeah, but, should, but Keith, should Robertson he, be approaching him anyway? Well, I think the thing is, we've got, play, we've got players who are out of control, wanting to get there too penitent or far too often and not concentrating on doing their job of playing football, letting the match officials control the game. Exactly, guy, and then maybe the assistant referee was just brushing him away. I'm surprised you're not fully backing him. Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, Jim, we're, we're talking about a match official when ideally we ought to be talking about the game. Now, I, I, I have looked at that situation, and initially my thoughts were that he's actually moving his arm to get the player away from him to yeah. get his own space. Yeah. But when you actually look at other clips and other angles, the arm does move with a bit of um, speed. And therefore, I think ultimately at the end of the day, yeah, we don't want match officials confronting players in any physical way. In the same way, you know, I was saying a f less than two or three weeks ago that the ban on Mitrovic should be at least 10 games. Um, and I still take that position. But that really does mean that match officials can't lay their hands on players. We, we can't have it both ways. But what we've also got to see is we've got to see players' conduct in terms of refereeing decisions improving. Because at the moment, you know, I look at the decisions that the referee was making accurate decisions yesterday in a game that was really an intense game, but really good game. And what we've got is every time the referee is making a decision, yeah. there's conflict. You, 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 Keith, you're Stuart Pearce. Keith, I almost think 
what you're saying. You're you're almost offering sort of one minute you're talking about this incident. I thought you were going down the route. It could be a police matter at one stage. The way you're talking no. about it, and the other no. side of it, I I think it sends out an awful message. You're talking about grabbing control back from the players a little bit and making it a more genuine game. And on the other hand, you're absolutely killing an official. And you know how difficult it is to work your way up from parks right the way up. And we want to encourage more youngsters to come up through that route as well. I, I just think it sends out a horrible message to the dressing rooms all over the country that, you know, the officials, unless... You're just forcing them and backing them into a corner, but you're asking them to come out and be strong. They can't. It's it's physically impossible. To, this is a mixed message for me. Mm. Well, right. Then my message is very clear. The first route of a referee is to apply the laws of the game and control the match. Agreed. Now, that's what we expect. What we also had in your day, okay, you might have been upset with the decision that I made, Stuart, but you didn't actually come into my face and argue with me, what you did was, you okay, you might have just said, well, I'm not happy with that. But what we've got is we've got players who are going one step further, and that is surrounding the referee. Over a million pounds worth of fines have been pushed out by the FA in the Premier League club season today for players illegally surrounding the referee. We have a working relationship that says... Three or more players surrounding the referee is a report. Now, when it comes to a match official, I'm not killing the match official. I'm initially saying that I think, the, in my first view, was that he's brushing the player away and saying almost, get away. And there'd be nothing wrong in that, right? That's right. But when you actually look at this clip again and you study it, I'm concerned about the speed and action of the arm coming away from the body upwards in an upward direction uh, that isn't just the... But Keith, uh, the language that you're using and the language that Mark Hulse is using is very strange language to talk about the nature of gross misconduct. You and none of us in this conversation, none of us can establish intent. We can only look at the reaction. Correct. We don't know what the react, what the reason was there. We do. We all agree, and I'll concur with you, that officialdom needs to be beyond reproach. But when yeah. you as a leading ex-referee through the media, start coming out and talking about the nature of this person's career being in jeopardy, and then you've got Mark Halsey starting to conflate what happened with Mitrovic to this instance, I, I don't understand your motivations. It feels like two ex-referees being quite bitter about the next generation of referees. And no, I don't understand the... Constru- I, don't, I don't think you're being constructive. I think right, you're well, being soundbitey, and I don't think you're being particularly supportive of your profession that needs a great deal of support. And when you use examples of how they're, they're surrounding the referee, it doesn't even bear any resemblance to what they used to do in your day. So comparing well, to what's happening today to what happened in your day is like comparing apples to oranges. Well, I, I don't disagree with you, Simon. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to kill the match official. I've actually, I was asked, what is what could be the outcome? The outcome of this is that it's the FA's responsibility to investigate what has happened. Mm. If they then find that this this action by the assistant referee is one of he is sufficiently created a problem when they listen to what has been said from both sides, because Robertson, no doubt will be involved in the process of and course, be interviewed. Of course. But second so guess when, it for when, me, Keith. What should the, the outcome be? What should the outcome yeah, be? Yeah, what would you do, Keith? Well, I'd sit around and I would give operational advice to the assistant referee 
to actually say, look, uh, you're wrong in this. And he probably finished up with a couple of, couple of matches, three matches, where I wouldn't put him out on games. And I would deal with it in that matter. The point that I'm trying to make, I'm not trying to kill the assistant here. I'm actually highlighting the process that this guy is an employee. And therefore, if the FA were to find him guilty of the offence, then the PGMOL have to kick in and deal with the matter also as an employee. Now, I'm actually not saying that he's guilty. I'm actually saying this is the process that the PGMOL and the FA will go through. No, but to be honest, Keith, I mean, be honest with us here. When You, you said a number of times, but that, then when I look at the incident again, ooh, I'm not so sure that he pushed him away. Well, well, where does that I, leave I, your I, fellow colleague this morning? In a, in a situation where he's taken action that he shouldn't have taken. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, Jim, he's used his elbow. Now, if that is to fend off, and, and, you know, when they interviewed the Liverpool player, who's, who's quietened down now, he hasn't got the intensity of the game, and he'd get his view, that will all come into the process, and then we'll get what the actual action is taking place and whether the, the assistant is guilty. All right, I'm not Keith. trying to hang the guy. No. I'm trying to actually be informative of the processes that will take place, but also at the same time trying to highlight that, that you know, the, the match official has to retain his composure, whatever pressure he comes over under. And I'm asking for players to restrain themselves during in the course of the game of yeah. play. One hundred percent engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. We're going to finish off this discussion on that incident at halftime uh, between the linesman and Andy Robertson. Simon, describe it the way you just described it to me as to what you think happened. Well, I think Andy Robertson's gone up to him um, and to confront him with his opinions like he has done for most of the game. Yeah. And I think um, he's probably grabbed him or just grabbed at him and the referees and the linesman's gone, get off you. And that's what we've got. Now, if you in society... If you're standing in the street, right, and you spend 45 minutes of your time screaming at a police officer across the road what you think of him, and then you walk up to him after 45 minutes and, and go right in his face, what do you think? Do you think the police officer's going to give you a pat on the back? He's probably going to nick you, put your arms behind your back and put you in a harm lock. So in this instance, the you ultimate... he's brushed him away? I think he's brushed him away. And I As think, opposed to... The, I, I, yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think he's elbowed him in the face. I don't think this is a moment in time where you're seeing someone like John Fashion who jump up and elbow you know, Gary Mabbitt in the face. I think yeah. this is a situation where an official's gone, get away from me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the question is, should he have done that? But then again, if Andy Robertson isn't there then the situation never manifests itself. Oh, so many people back in Stuart. Absolute joke this morning. If Robertson didn't approach the official, then this debate would not be happening. Paul's a Tottenham fan. Paul, keep it brief. What do you think? Uh, well, um, the reason I called and I explained to um, the fellow on the phone was last week, um, Sky Sports, TalkSport, everyone spent a lot of time talking about Harry Kane going down holding his face last week when he was actually touched and gouged. Yesterday, in the first half, Martinelli went down holding his face when he wasn't touched. Hasn't been mentioned on any platform. Is there an agenda against Harry Kane? I just mentioned it about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, and I think, sure, you, you, well, you, you would address this willingly. Time, he, 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 Paul, here's Stuart on that. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I'm alluded to it because I, I mentioned earlier that six or seven incidents in the first half of the Liverpool game yesterday were, were unsavoury to my eye. You know what I mean? Players conning the referee, players going down. That, that's why I'd rather support the, the official now. And you're right in what you said. Pe- people have looked at the Harry Kane incident last week and said, Harry, you, you're one of the most genuine people we've got in the sport, but you've no need to have gone down like you did, potentially. Now, if... If you're saying you're sitting in a stadium and you quite enjoy that spectacle of players throwing their, themselves around, then fine. No, keep, no, we, no, let's no, keep no. on. If we're not as, as football-loving people, let's do something about it, shall we? Let's empower the referees and say when the likes of Martinelli falls on the floor pretending he's been kicked in the face when clearly he hasn't yesterday and Harry gets, gets a little knock on the face, not enough to put him on the floor, to be fair. Uh, we... Let's do something about it. Is that fair, Paul? Let's stick yeah. together and do is something that about what it. I think, what I think is, I'm wondering why Kane got pelts for it all week and Martinelli hasn't received any criticism at all. Well, you've just, like heard, Stuart Murphy, you've just heard Stuart on it. You've just heard Stuart on Martinelli. You've just heard Stuart on Martinelli. Can you see that for one second? You've had the likes of Danny Murphy, Ian Dark, Chris Sutton, many others, Carragher, all digging at Harry Kane all week, saying, oh, it's embarrassing, it's embarrassing, Harry Kane this, Harry Kane that. Martinelli has had no criticism personally at all. And I think there's a British sports media agenda against Harry Kane. <laughs> OK. No agenda towards Harry Kane from, from any of us, I can assure you of that. Uh, final one from Joe, as a Manchester United fan. Joe, what's your take on this incident with the assistant referee yeah, I, and Robertson? Yeah, good morning, chaps. Yeah, I mean, uh, Simon mentioned it earlier on about uh, the officials are, are not being supported by the governing bodies. There's no backbone by the governing bodies. However, I sometimes think that the referees have been told by the governing bodies not to do the appropriate thing, i.e. hand out yellow cards. Because really, you know, it's dissent. And this could have been stopped ages ago when the FA had a wonderful opportunity when Andy Derso was confronted by Keenan Stam. They could have deducted points. If they deduct points, attitudes, attitudes and behaviours will change by the players. It's as simple as that. And the referees are not backed. And remember, the refs are not the problem. Players are the problem. Fair play on you, Joe. I, I don't mean, think you as a Manchester United fan, I don't think you need to deduct the points. I think you need to send players off. And then clubs will find the players for being sent off and players will have their minds concentrated. I don't think it needs to get into the territory of deducting points. I think players should be sent off. If a player goes up to a referee and steps across the line... I mean, the other day we saw a referee sending a player off because he was the third one in line that was swearing at the referee and then there was a back cry, a backlash. So you can't, you can't do right for doing wrong sometimes by being an official. But I just think it starts on the pitch. And I do believe that the broadcasters have undue influence because they don't want to see people being sent off. They don't want to see games being compromised by the nature of the best players not being able to perform in it because they've been sent off. But we either want a game that has authority in it, or we don't. Yeah. Final couple of sentences, Stuart. Take me to the right. I've been sent off five times in my career, and once of that was for swearing. When I had a Nottingham Forest shirt on, and Roy Keane was kicked on the floor by Paul Stewart, and I went up to the referee and I called him a name on 90 minutes, and I was sent off. I never done it again. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. 
so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.